Hi there, today on Dead Cells we're going to talk about the 1986 OVA Fist of the North Star, based on a manga series that ran from 83 to 88. This anime is another one of those that got me hooked on the art form. Images of the nuclear holocaust from the opening sequence have stuck with me since the first time I watched this, which was around 1995 or 96. Around that same time I was watching Mad Max and Mad Max 2 The Road Warrior, Terminator Nemesis 2, and other post-apocalypse sci-fi and action, so this definitely fit for sure. You may have seen the opening sequence of Fist of the North Star as clips in music videos or clips in other documentaries or clips in the backdrop of your favorite nightclub. I was also very well acquainted with gory horror by that time, so the blood made for a nice blend of some of my favorite things. I'd planned on covering a different show entirely for this episode, instead of being stuck in the 80s like, you know, some kind of 80s kid, but I've been slack in my anime watching and thought I'd dip into the honeypot that is Fist of the North Star. So before I get into that, I have been watching Yushio Totora, which will be on in upcoming Dead Cells, though it's not necessarily horror, it is a demonic martial arts drama, so it does work, it does fit, and it is a super fun watch so far. At that rate, I may dip into the series Durarara just to cover some of the popular supernatural dramas that are in simulcast this summer. Kuriyama Santa is a new motion comic of some sort that is a demonic horror story. Thirteen little five-minute episodes are available, which I will be checking out on my cell as I become a fan of short anime like this on mobile. There is a Devilman crossover I won't be watching. Cyborg 009 versus Devilman sounds entirely uninteresting to me at the moment, especially when there is another Devilman coming up shortly. Heading into October, Shieisha no Tekoku, or however you pronounce that, will begin, which is a Frankenstein's monster-influenced sci-fi which looks particularly goth. Still waiting for more titles to be added to the Sentai Selects list, or more accurately, I'm waiting for Ninja Scroll to be added to the Sentai Selects list, since I don't have that in my tiny little collection anymore. Both live-action adaptations of Attack on Titan and Corpse Party premiered in Japanese theaters this weekend, but Corpse Party will re-premiere in September in an unlimited edition uncut version. Not entirely sure why they're actually returning to the cutting room floor to add more gore. This news hit several anime news sites the day after the release, so perhaps it's a crowdsourced opinion that influenced that decision. There's a new trailer to accompany the announcement, so take a look on YouTube. In Hollywood anime news, the producer of Shutter Island and Black Swan, I really liked Black Swan, Mike Matavoy, he's teamed up with Japanese studios to adapt the psychological horror manga 6000. As I've never heard of the source material, I can only hope for something like The Abyss or an underwater version of Dead Space. Another development is the television network Chiller is set to begin a horror anime block featuring things like Is This a Zombie, Tokyo Majin, Devil May Cry, and Black Blood Brothers. Now that's a start and a really cool idea, but if they want some suggestions for really horrific horror anime, they could check out an episode of Dead Cells maybe. While I enjoy these titles and Black Blood Brothers will eventually make it on the show, the others are kind of on the fringe of the genre. Why not something creepier? Why not something scary? Now for something gory. Fist of the North Star. This is a toy animation studio's work in production, likely the most prolific anime company in all of Japan. They have brought us many action and post-apocalypse titles, and I'd say this is the closest to horror that they've ever wandered from Cutie Honey and Sailor Moon and Transformers and Digimon. If you've seen anything on television in syndication, you've probably watched a toy animation. The latest and greatest from them would be World Trigger, so if you're up on your new shows, then you're still watching Toy. A summary from NihonReview.com reads, 
Earth is a wasteland. Shattered by a nuclear holocaust, only the strongest have survived and anarchy rules. When his girlfriend Yulia is kidnapped and he's left for dead, martial artist Kenshiro embarks on a bloody journey of retribution, meeting a formidable crowd of friends and foes along the way. Or, in my own words, sibling rivalry at its finest. We meet our hero Ken, the Fist of the North Star, as he battles his once closest friend Shin, who is the reigning Fist of the South. Soon we see how complex the battle is between these two when Ken's jealous brothers Rao and Joggy stand by to witness Ken's defeat and leave him for dead in the desert. A year later, Ken returns, not only to reclaim his lover Yulia, but his rightful place as the true Fist of the North Star. The first moments, as I said, cover the state of the planet. Nuclear Holocaust has left us with roving bands of scoundrels, wandering nomadic survivors, and massive armies hell-bent on controlling resources and slaughtering anyone in their way. We plunge right into this world with the fight between Shin and Ken over their domestic jealousy, and that pits the Fist of the North Star against the Fist of the South Star, and apparently they're never supposed to fight. We don't get a lot of backstory here. It's very compressed, and I'm okay with that. Lest it be a three or four hour hero's journey, which I get really bored with. There are seven wounds that Shin inflicts on Ken. Then the imprint of his fingers as he plunges his hand straight into his chest, supposedly killing him. It was the exact five finger death punch that I wanted from Kill Bill. Except here it actually exists and almost actually works. Rao is the most epically Danzig-looking bastard I ever did see. He is a majestic, demonic-looking gentleman. He stands by, watching his brother get slaughtered from the top of a cliff with their other brother, Joggy. Joggy is an almost Igor-looking character with a stooped posture, a bandaged head, and one bulging eye. They witness their brother left for dead, clutching the seeds given to him by his now-usurped lover, Yulia, as he sprawls across the desert wasteland. Rao walks away, and Joggy tosses Ken's lifeless body from a cliff. To add to his seven wounds and his five-finger death punch injury, it's quite a drop, and then to seal the deal, Joggy punches the overhanging rock face right off, sending an avalanche along behind him. I can see why they thought that he wouldn't make it out alive. Yulia and Ken have been hoarding these flower seeds with hopes that they could make the earth green once again. She doesn't really have much to say or do in this story except to be bossed around by Shin and wish she were being bossed around by Ken instead. It shows that paradigm shift from women reverting to property or chattel as they've been in feudal times in our dystopian post-apocalypse world as imagined in the 1980s. Now we envision chicks to be pretty kick-ass, equals and oft-times superior to men, especially when it comes down to survival in a horrific aftermath of global destruction. Maybe this is an act of apology by way of overcompensation the way that we portray women nowadays in action films. And pretty soon this will all level out, but for now this will come across as a terribly misogynistic story. But hey, at least no one kills a dog. That I remember anyway. Now is it just me, or did those berserker type guys we just met eat the flesh of the first group that they killed and pillaged? Because they were rummaging the dead people and then eating raw meat, or is it just me? Is that cannibalism, or am I just making an already deplorable situation worse? There are roving bandits, much like there would be in Mad Max or in Waterworld even. Though most seem to have allegiance to Rao or Shin. Now, as much as I love Rao as a character, he's got a real fake it till you make it rock star kind of mentality. I mean, like, could he not feel that his brother was still alive somewhere? His other brother is also passing as a false fist of the North Star, so I'm not sure why that they're all trying to take his place when they just don't have what it takes, and with all their supposed power, could they not detect that he was still alive somewhere? Ken's eventual reemergence from the desert a year later comes with as much blood as he went out in. He's attacked by the cannibalistic bandits, and we are treated to some of the most interesting head-exploding goodness. If you ever feel like, gee, I could really go for some exploding heads right now, 
Fist of the North Star has you covered. The small details really count here. CSI-style deep zoom into the brain that's about to blow, the guy who tries to catch his own arms with the stumps that he has left. There's vivisectionist precision that would make the plasticizing body world artist very proud. Arterial sprays and geysers of blood erupt from every wound. It is very gory, but more on that later. Now it is bad enough that there is no honor between the two brothers, Rao and Ken, but then Joggy is the worst of the three. You could almost do without Shin, since watching the Brotherhood here is entertaining enough, though I suppose Shin being the fist of the South Star does give them someone to fight other than one another. Joggy, though a secondary character really, is about my favorite for his look alone. He's the bandaged up one. He's a conniving snake, and no doubt the middle child. He has got little man syndrome, and it persists until the very end. And what an end it is. His bandaged look was really great, and it only set me up to appreciate what is underneath those bandages. Of all the head-exploding scenes, his is my favorite, and really the most climactic scene. This is heralded as one of the most gory anime of all time. Well, yes and no. Spending what time I have with the dead cells of horror and gore from overseas... There are definitely more visceral and bloody scenes to be had in other series. However, as far as prolonged assault of violent images, Fist of the North Star does win. Not five minutes pass without some sort of extremely graphic death. If Fist of the North Star were to dwell longer, as opposed to have quick action sequences, I could see it winning a title. But I am personally more taken with the more cinematic approach to gore. You have to linger, and you have to let it seep in. You have to play with it a little. But then this isn't a horror story, is it? It's an action film. So this is what we get. Horrific gore. So it's close if we're talking about quantity, but not really if we're talking about quality. Fans of the huge hit Attack on Titan may enjoy the similarities here. Humanity under siege, a world changed, and some of the villains reach giant-like proportions and behave for moments at least not unlike the Titans. While the color palette and style of anime is pretty similar, I find Fist of the North Star more detailed than Attack on Titan, although it is admittedly dated, especially in the fight scenes. The aftermath of the fights, however, is extremely cool. I had watched the live-action film when it came out, and it just left me wanting to watch this. Some of the new Fist of the North Star made it across my screen, but I was never moved to watch them all, and again, they just left me wanting to watch this particular film over again. Unfortunately, the English dub reduces a lot of the scenes to comedy, very typical of dubbed anime, so I do always recommend the original subtitled version. Over the years I've watched both, and most recently the dub, but I do vote for the subtitled original if you're going in wet behind the ears. The music is a cross between the worst funk rock that you've ever heard and the soundtrack to 20 Minute Workout. There's some soft porn groove accompanying Ray. Now Ray's a guy that teams up with Ken because they're both searching for their girlfriends, and I'm not really sure why. There is no sex, and only a moment of nudity, so the porn groove doesn't really fit. The best song is the closing title sequence, and I don't mean that sarcastically. It's a softer song to let you down from some of the gore that you've just been witness to, and it does go along with the story that continues through those credits after all the final fights. If you have a hard time watching anime, or even films from the 80s, you may have the same experience with Fist of the North Star. I highly recommend it for fans of gore, martial arts films, and of course post-apocalypse dystopian stories, as like I said, it is gory as fuck. Not a super developed plot, but the cast isn't huge, so it's really easy to keep everyone straight, and at 110 minutes, it's a nice feature-length entry into the classics of good old-fashioned blood-splattered anime. 
while you can find this virtually anywhere on DVD and even some streaming services, I do think it's best viewed in its natural habitat, a crummy third gen VHS in someone's poorly lit basement. Or on YouTube, ladies choice. This is Dead Cells, that weird Velcro kid that hangs around the cool one, Dead Air podcast from splatterpictures.net. For more horror, go there. Wes and I cover horror films that get us talking. There's huge thank yous to be had and a hello to Bind Torture Cast, the best podcast in this greasy, gory realm of horror, which is my not-so-guilty pleasure. I can't recommend them enough. Sometimes I even get a mention, which always means a lot since I'm a huge fan, and they really are very cool guys. So thanks to Chris and Luke and Steve. Tomb Dragomir of Tomb TV has been curating Tomb's jukebox on Rimorg.com, and I've been enjoying that like mad. If terror tunes are truly your style, creep my pals patron saint of plagues who do the intro music for dead air or check out the new release from black claw from the west coast with their super dark dirges should you know a scary anime you think that i should watch let me know at typical lydia on twitter instagram tumblr typicallydia.com or wherever you hang out online coming up i will be talking about yushio totora pet shop of horrors and ghost hunt as promised <laughs>